0: Welcome in. It is the Nate Taylor Show here on 610 Sports Radio. Nate Taylor, how you doing today, my man?
1: You know, I, I'm doing just fine.
0: <laughs>
1: um, travel was a little bit hectic getting back, but I'm back. Um, the weather in Denver was awesome. Like, 60s, sunny. Why don't
0: you bring some of that back with you on the plane? That's not what it is here. They, they,
1: they said it's gonna snow tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's
1: not so a- I, I at least I'm not bringing that back. But no, nah, man, I'm I'm doing well. You know, kind of like you said, we still got another month of this before um, we get to be really excited about who they're gonna play and who made the playoffs, and we don't have to talk about the Broncos no more.
0: <laughs> so this is where I want to start with you, and I'll just you asked me, you know, what were you guys talking about on your show before we went on the right, air? Right, right. Because I couldn't I couldn't I could listen to anything. Yeah, no, I? I, no, I was I get in the it. air. I get it. This was at least my stance. This isn't the BCS. So margin of victory. Hallelujah. It <laughs> doesn't matter, right? Right. It right. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. I evaluate the Chiefs on one metric. Are you playing at a level that allows you to win the Super Bowl? And allowing twenty eight points to the Broncos That ain't it. Is not a path to winning the Super Bowl. So that's my issue. This is not me saying oh you got to beat this team 41 to 3. You don't got to do that. So right. National this Football is, League, right. I get it. This
1: ain't TCU versus Iowa State.
0: When you get up 27 to nothing, that's not a game in which in the fourth quarter you should need a drive to put the game on ice. So that's my issue with the Chiefs. Yeah. That's where I start. That's where I want to start today's Nate Taylor show is with that right there. Okay. With
1: all of that being said, they are the most 10-3 and 3 team that wants to play the game on All-Madden. Doesn't matter the opponent. Doesn't matter the situation. Who's injured? Who's healthy? Is it a primetime game? Is it a game that was supposed to be in primetime but got, you know, flexed out because the opponent has been disastrous all season? Carrington, they got up 27 to nothing and was like, you know what, what if we, what if we put it on All-Madden? just Just to see. Like, what if we stop tackling and stop, you know, uh, making good decisions with the football? Or, hey, what if we just allow our quarterback to keep passing the ball, even though, you know, we have a rookie running back who could use more experience. We have Ronald Jones, healthy, in uniform. He looks so sad from the press box. I mean, just on the sideline, not getting the ball. I know that some people are critical of Steve Spagnuolo and that's okay because to your point, are they a championship level defense? Have they shown that they've only shown it in like brief stretches, you know, Hey, we didn't let the Bengals or the bills score 30 on us. All right, well, well, cool, but we want to see improvement. We want to see what we saw in 2019 where the defense was getting better incrementally along the way. But Carrington, I don't know if it's just this is a basketball team in football players' bodies, but they just love to make any game somewhat closer than it needs to be, whether it's a lack of concentration, whether it's a, hey, well, this worked. Let's try this. But it's okay. I understand everybody's expectations being Super Bowl. I'm not sure if this is a Super Bowl team because – you can't, you know, the the All-Madden stuff, that's supposed to come in, like, divisional playoff round with Chiefs-Bills or, you know, championship game where you're just trying to get to the Super Bowl or, I don't know, trying to win the whole thing. They somehow <laughs> turned, and part of it is quarterback, part of it is coaching, but they, they turned a game that was on, like, rookie mode into All-Madden with a team that, you know, obviously wasn't as talented as them. So, yeah, you're right. They... They are not meeting expectations, even though their record says they are clearly one of the best teams in the NFL.
0: I think the point you make about 2019 is a good one. It's something we talked about on the drive earlier today. In 2019, those final six games, we were having the debate, hey, is it really the defense or is it the competition that they're playing? Mm -hmm. That's a similar question we should be asking ourselves heading into this postseason. You've got five games against below-average offenses, below-average quarterbacks. Two games against Russell Wilson, Geno Smith. It looks like that carriage is turning into a pumpkin. You've got Davis Mills. You've got Derek Carr. You're not playing the who's who of the National Football League. Right. Heading into the postseason, I want to look at this team. Hey, man, the Chiefs allowed Chiefs allowed 47 points over the final month of the season. Hey, has their defense really turned the corner, or was it just the schedule? That's the kind of question I want to be asking ourselves I'm just fearful if we're going to get to that point. The Broncos scoring 28 points on you is embarrassing. I know that they got the ball on short fields. I get all of that. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing, though. Mm-hmm. That team shouldn't be able to put up that kind of points. The Denver Broncos can say we had our best offensive day of the season against the Kansas City Chiefs. You don't want them to be able to say that against you. Not the way they played this season. With Without Cortland Sutton, without their best running back,
1: without their best lineman in, uh, in Reisner. So, yeah, uh, Frank Clark said that after the game, um, as I wrote a little bit ago on The Athletic. This is the third game in a row, Carrington, where Frank Clark's like, look to my left, look to my right. Man, it's a bunch of young dudes. All right, I got to be the one. I got to raise my hand and say, we're not, we, we not doing good enough. Um, and so I I guess I appreciate his honesty. Um, but even in my head yesterday in the locker room, I was like, but Frank, we just had this conversation against – the Bengals, and we had it the week before, you know, against the Rams where you're like, well, we can't do this against the Bengals. And then, you know, for whatever reason, the defense um doesn't have the ability to be as consistent as we had, as we anticipated. Once you knew the rookies were functional on the back end in about, you know, October. Um This is so great because, you know, The league is a little bit different now than it was in 2019. I think the league is a lot better than it was in 2019. Um, I think the quarterback play has gotten better. Defensive
0: coordinators are Certainly the AFC is better than it was in 2019.
1: And defensive coordinators, you know, at least have a much – they have more tools at their disposal to counteract the Chiefs' offense, even though, yes, the Chiefs still lead the league in scoring. Um, They played Phillip Rivers in Mexico City. Then they played Derek Carr at home. Then Tom Brady uh, on the road to New England. That was probably their hardest test before the postseason. Um, Then it's Drew Locke, um, Mitch Trubisky, still out there in the league, slinging it, and Phillip Rivers yet again. They're kind of going through a similar stretch. The one difference is 17 points allowed, 9 points allowed, 16 points allowed, 3, 3, and 21. I don't think we're going to get another stretch even with the Texans and the Broncos on the schedule again. So you know what this means, Carrington? Hey hey man you want you want you want to make the game all batting because you know uh you had a misread. you thought you were throwing the ball in the dirt, but you know it's just their best guy in the secondary you know near it. so he catches it. um hey, you know, like Patrick Mahone said, we're already in field goal range. we already got the lead. I, no one's open, I'm going to throw it anyway. So all this means is that, hey, if you want to put it on all Madden, then it's entertaining to watch. It's it's a, As I described it, it's a wild performance because you did something that no other quarterback in the league can do, and also you turned the ball over three times, and the team has a real issue with giveaways. But if you want to turn the game into all Madden, that, that's on you. But all this means is that, this is going to be what it's going to take in January when you are playing a higher competition. Like, if the defense can't be functional or be complementary in the way you want, you can't make the game harder on everybody else. So I don't think Mahomes feels as much pressure at times as maybe he did in 2018. But there are some elements of, like, hey – the, the awesome highlights are incredible. He's still, in my eyes, the MVP of the league. But he made the game a lot harder than he, need, than he needed to. And he doesn't have the defense right now, or the Chiefs defense has not shown that they can be consistent for 60 minutes. So if we want to make it like 2019, they're going to have to get to a point where um, Mahomes is excellent and the defense does enough. And they don't make the game harder on themselves. They are they ha- they have some warrior like qualities, like some Golden State Warriors, careless at times. All right, let's take a few more threes when we don't necessarily have to. Um, it's a game of run, so they're gonna come back. But hey, we still got Steph, we still got Clay, we still got Draymond, and that to a large extent is true. They still have Kelsey, they still have Chris Jones, they still have Mahomes. But sometimes they're they they just make the game harder on themselves, and they. Yesterday was probably the biggest example of that, where it's like, it doesn't need to be this hard. How do you turn a 27-point lead into a 6-point lead? Yeah,
0: into a struggle with the Denver Broncos. The Nate Taylor Show here. How much of it do you think is a product of youth? Because one thing I will stall the defense out on is there's one player in that secondary on their second contract. It's Justin Reed, and he's, what, 25, 26 years old? Mm -hmm. That linebacker group, not really a whole lot of experience. Isn't this just sort of the growing pains that you sort of expect? And I understand now we're in the fire, right? It's week 14 heading into week 15 of the NFL season. Nobody wants to hear, hey, these guys are young. But you're asking Trent McDuffie to play a lot of man up against corners. You're asking Jalen Watson to play a lot of man, Joshua Williams to play a lot of man coverage. You know what happens to young guys? They get beat. Yeah. Early on in their career. How much of their defensive struggles at times do you think you can attribute to the just general lack of experience that this team has defensively
1: yep it is definitely that and also they just got to tackle better like it's just it again it's making the game somewhat harder on you now this time the ball carrier has a chance to you know maybe get yards after contact but yeah a little bit of it is you know should we double team jerry judy nope well (laughs) what are we doing (laughs) you know (laughs) It's like, hey, we want you to get all this experience. Go out there and cover them, You know, even with, you know, Brett Rippin in the game. That's fine. You got him. Uh, it was quite notable, Carrington, that Jerry Judy's three touchdowns were one is a mistake by Tripp McDuffie, one's a mistake by Joshua Williams, and then the third one is on Jalen Watson. I mean, you know, the Chiefs defense needs to get turnovers and negative plays, and then rally to the football on third down. That is that is their key to success moving forward. Because um, we saw it with Cincinnati, and now we've seen it with you know lesser competition, lesser talent, lesser skill position options um, with the Denver Broncos. So, yes, yeah, some of it is youth, but at least I think we're starting to realize, okay, if the pass rush can't get home, this secondary is not good enough to be just, like, flat-out excellent. You know, that would be asking a lot because they are young, particularly at the cornerback position. Well, okay, if the pressure does get home, if Chris Jones has a good game, if he is, you know, affecting the passer with, you know, supporting cast of George Karloftis and Mike Dana and, you know, maybe, you know, Frank Clark and Carlos Dunlap, okay, well then they need to generate some form of a turnover to, to stay ahead of giving the offense a chance to, you know, be the thing that's going to lead you to victory. You know, they need to be in a so they need to be a supporting actor in a supporting role, doing a nice job. And then if you have a big lead, just like rally to the football and tackle. You know, don't let a screenplay go for sixty six yards, even if it is the right call in the right situation based on a on a blitz. Um, so I kind of tend to agree with you that it is that it is very much youth in the linebacker and cornerback situation. But they're going to need to make turnovers. They're going to need to support the offense in some manner. Um, And sometimes it's turnover. Sometimes it's just making the simple play that doesn't let Russell
0: Wilson get into a rhythm. Coming up on the other side, right now it's the Nate Taylor Show here. Coming up on the other side, I want to go through some of the coaching decisions that were made over the course of the game. Because you go to a lot of NFL games. There were some things that Andy Reid did here where I think he's a Hall of Fame coach. I think he's the second best coach in the NFL behind Bill Belichick. You can't make some of the decisions that he made over the course of the game. It's the Nate Taylor Show. Keep it right here on 610 Sports Radio.
1: You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show. Monday nights at 7 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
0: Talk about some of the coaching decisions that happened here on the Nate Taylor show. I believe it was a holding penalty that happened. Maybe I'm off on the penalty. The Chiefs had a choice the Carrington hypothetical button game, so to speak. <laughs> One side was second and 34, the other side was third and 24. Yep. The Chiefs chose second down over third down. A little confusing to me. I'm not a Hall of Fame coach. <laughs> <laughs> Later on in the game. The Chiefs score a touchdown to go up 33 to 21. They're then faced with another decision. Uh-huh. They choose to kick an extra point to go up 13 now. I'm no math whiz, <laughs> but I don't know if there is a drastic difference in football in being up 12 or 13. Ooh. I do think there is a drastic difference being up 12, 13, as opposed to 14, just based on how the scoring works in football. Andy Reid decided to kick the extra point. Can you help explain these to me? Because I'll, I'll play what Andy says. Mm-hmm. But people want to hear the Nate Taylor show to hear what Nate Taylor thinks about this. Yeah, he got what do him to r- think about those two decisions. <laughs> he got him wrong, both of them. So bad.
1: <laughs> He's so bad. Um, if it was, I don't even know what scenario. And I thought this, and I, I don't know. I, maybe I should have. Um. Maybe I should have, you know, went to Andy after the game. So, so by the way, just as like inside journalism right now, but you know when Andy Reid talks the locker room is still open. So, unless I have something very pointed to ask Andrew, I generally stay in the locker room to have more conversations with more more guys on the team. Um, you know, so I can't be at two places at once. It's the it's the ultimate dilemma. Uh, do you want to ask the Hall of Fame coach something from the game or do you want to focus more on what somebody, you know, on the field did? Um, I generally choose to do option B unless Andy does something in option A. So basically, when he chose not to go for it on fourth and seven against Cincinnati, okay, well now I need to like be there to ask Andy or at least to under- see what his understanding was and then I'll go back to the locker room. These are so bad, I don't need to ask Andy any any questions. Um, they were bad in the moment and they are bad when you rewatch the game. All right, so the first one, I, I, I guess I'm going to go chronological to how you presented it. So the first one, Um, on second and 34, they gave up 23 yards. Nah, man. Nah. Third down is the money down. That's what they tell you, right? That's what everybody in the league tells you. Third down is the key down. Just take the third down. Um... Now, I understand if your defense has gotten six sacks in the game, you think you can get home because it's a clear passing situation. But also,
0: isn't it a clear passing situation on third and twenty? Yep. But also. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it a, like, I could see maybe the difference between, like, third and four and second and 14, for example. Right. 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 That makes sense to me. But one is you no. get two chances to go a long distance. Mm-hmm. One is you get one chance to go a long distance. Yep. That's so, the part that just doesn't make any sense to me.
1: And it's not a field goal game. You're not up three trying to push them out of field goal range. Mm-hmm. You're you're still up double digits at this point. Yep. Um, they're gonna go for it on fourth down, regardless of whether you give them an extra second down or not. So we've uh, we've litigated that. They were wrong, flat out, or Andy Reaver's wrong. <sighs> The second one is a lack of respect, Carrington. I know you're going to play what Andy says. You, I'm going to translate it for you. But uh, it sounds to me like he never thought the Broncos could score 30 points. So why would we go for two? Why would I show you a two-point conversion play that I may use in a later more important game? So um, on the principle, he's wrong. But I not think about it that way. But I think he's saying I don't respect them dudes enough.
0: Yeah, no, I actually didn't think about it that way. Here's Andy Reid. Yeah, I think uh, the first one might have been field position on that. I'm not sure exactly, uh, just recalling it, uh, but field position was a, a, one of the thoughts. And then what, what was the second question on that, Adam? Um, the, uh, the decision to kick for the extra point rather than go for two on the, your last touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. The
1: one like um,
0: the third <laughs> yeah, had we gone and scored another one, I probably would have gone for two, but there I didn't think I we <laughs> So that was Andy <laughs> Reid yesterday.
1: This man said, yeah, three. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This dude did. He weighed one score and 30 on us. That's basically what he said. I didn't even think about it like this until you mentioned it. <laughs> that they wouldn't. That they just didn't want to go for two because they don't want to no, show any no, two point conversion. i would I show you a two point?
1: Even if we did a running back draw, I don't even want to show you that. Like, he. It's, again, on the principle. He is wrong. They should go for yeah, two because it, two it protects you or it forces the Broncos to go for two if they want to win the game in regulation.
0: It also ended up being a thing because at the end of the game <laughs> the, the Broncos had a chance ball, to take the lead. The Broncos had the ball down 6. <laughs> the Broncos had the ball down 6. <laughs> yeah. So then being in that situation, being down 5 or 6 is the exact is same. The, is the is the is the is yes. the exact same. It's right. the exact same situation.
1: He wrong. He wrong on the first one cuz it doesn't make a ton of sense even with field goal, even with field position. As we mentioned before, they got to get touchdowns. Second one is just a lack of respect. <laughs> the second one is just like, well, I mean, you know, we got. And I think Andy's Andy didn't say this either, but I think his rationale. I think his rationale behind it is, well, we just scored a touchdown in the third quarter. I don't think we're gonna go scoreless in the fourth. Checks notes, they went scoreless in the fourth. Now, they obviously ended the game on a you know four minute offense that was pretty efficient when you look at it. No, um,
0: oh, don't worry. We plan on talking about Pacheco. So just that on, was
1: a big time run. Yeah, just on the like, you know, or just put me in a situation, give me the scenario and go. Like if you just entered in the into the computer or whatever, like one of the most efficient four minute drives you can have. Also, <laughs> he, he just thought, oh, we'll, we'll we'll get at least a field goal. And to his credit, he might have been right if Mahomes doesn't throw his third interception. So at that point, he had not even equated out like. I don't know if he's 13, we could be 14, or like we could be 12 if we don't get it. I Just just go out there,
0: Harrison. They ain't, they ain't getting 30. Like, I mean, coaches do? They have 17 <laughs> coaches. Like, not a single, they don't have a single person that can say, hey, Andy. Of course they do. Okay, I'm just making sure. Of course they, they do. do. I just I think it's a I, lack of respect. I, I understand over the course of an NFL game yeah. all the things you got to deal with, right? It's like that, so
1: many, too. You know,
0: that happens in everybody's job. You right. know what I mean? Like, in your job. You got 18 things going on. You miss some of the basic stuff in front of you. Mm-hmm. But you also don't have an endless budget to hire somebody. That, <laughs> True. Hey, your job is to tell me when to call time out in this situation. Hey, you got your the, you got the chart down. on you? You yeah. got the chart on you? You got that Dick Vermeule chart? Yeah, your job is to buzz down and tell me, hey, we should challenge this. Your yes. job is to tell me, yes. hey. We got to go for two if we score. We got to go for two here. We yeah. got to go for two here. That, yeah. That's your job in this situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some of that stuff, that that's just... That's basics. That's just understanding math. That's understanding yes. the scoring, the flow, the synergy of the game. I don't get it. Yeah. I do want to ask you this. I'm sure you have seen this going around social media. Do you think the Chiefs should have ran the ball more late in the game? Late in the game? Just the, the second half. Yeah. I think people are upset yeah. about the number of rush attempts.
1: Yeah. Now, you know, some people now some people will criticize you and say, well, that's too much of a turtle offense and you're not, you know, you're not making the defense, you know, uh be balanced or, you know, Respecting the option to pass, but again, this could have been another opportunity where it's like, okay, Ronald Jones, let's let's see what you got. You know, you are healthy, you are in uniform. We got Melvin Gordon on the practice squad. I just I just felt so bad for Melvin <laughs> for not for uh, for Ronald Jones. Yeah, I think they should have ran more. Now, big picture, they know their best running back is Isaiah Pacheco, so it's like we don't want to give him twenty five carries in a meaningless second half. Um, but also, when you put Patrick Mahomes in dropback mode, that's the greatest asset in franchise history in danger in case somebody misses a block or something unforeseen happens. Uh, so, you, you know, if you weigh those two, it's like, yeah, well, then give the ball to Ronald Jones, who's just standing there. He doesn't play special teams character. He didn't do anything yesterday. He was just in uniform chilling. It was so sad to watch from the press box. But, yes, they should have ran the ball more. Um, if it's like, okay, well, how do you ration? You know, what's the ratios? If if it's, if it's not 50 50, what should it be? It should probably be 65 35. Like, I'm okay taking the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. So this is where, like, statistically, it'll be like, well, he led the league in, in most passing yards, you know, with da 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 da. And it's like, well, he probably, sh- it's probably not a great stat you want to lead in because it means that you're passing the ball more than you should, even if you have a lead or even if you're trailing. So, they should have ran the ball more. I know they're trying to manage uh, Jared McKinnon because he's their best third down running back, and they're also ch- trying to manage Pacheco because they want him to be as healthy as possible for the postseason, which means who was the third running back in uniform? And, and that should have been Ronald Jones.
0: Yeah, and that person is him. I actually do want to ask you about Damian Williams and if you think there's a chance that they – uh, put i don't i don't think he'd go through waivers i think no he's a he's a yeah, veteran so you free. can yeah, he, yeah, you he, can just pick he, him up kind of like what happened with uh, baker mm-hmm. mayfield yep uh all right well coming up on the other side we'll keep the conversation going about patrick mahomes in the mvp race because now we've got one mahomes was the favorite now you look at it it looks like jalen hurts is the favorite we'll get your thoughts on the mvp race it is the nate taylor show keep it right here on 610 sports radio
1: you're listening to the Nate Taylor
0: Show Monday nights at 7 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio Back in on the Nate Taylor Show here on 610 Sports Radio Nate, I believe that the NFL MVP Award is a momentum and narrative award. <laughs> Obviously, you gotta put up numbers, right? Right, right, right. But at this point, we have determined there are only two people that can win it. Really? Only two? I don't think anybody can win it outside of Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Okay. You think somebody else could win it? Don't let Joe Burrow beat, beat the Bills in prime time. You think you think Burrow has a chance to win NFL MVP? Because I don't think he. I, I just think he's. I think he's too far behind. And I think the the work that you would need to do in terms of a narrative and the mm-hmm. momentum. Like, we got four weeks left, Carrington. We got four. But I
1: mean, I, I understand what you're saying.
0: But that's interesting. Joe Burrell's playing really no, well. No, he is. He is. And the Bengals are playing really well. They're nine and two in their last eleven games. And they are mm-hmm. the team that you want to talk about playing your best ball at the end of the season. The Bengals are certainly doing that. This is how I see it. I think Mahomes needs to get the 5,000 yards and 40 touchdown passes. And I think that gives him a very good chance of winning it. Okay. But I think there is an asterisk to it. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts still got a big game on the board. Yes, he does. Christmas Eve against the Cowboys. Everybody going to watch that thing. If Jalen Hurts has, let's say, three total touchdowns, two rushing, one passing, mm-hmm. they win that game, I don't know how anybody else can win NFL MVP. I think that game is that important in this race. You're right. Christmas Eve, everybody, everybody is watching. The watch Cowboys are a part of it. Uh-huh. The strongest brand in American sports. That's how you go win MVP. You play that. You win the game. You clinch the division. you got the one seed. The MVP conversation is over. It's Jalen Hurts.
1: You're probably right. Now, Mahomes is on pace to to have 5,000 yards. And we would assume in four games that he is more than capable of having Seven more touchdowns. Right now he's at 33 um, with 11 picks. Yeah, let me give you the Philadelphia Eagles schedule because it gets mighty tricky. They're at the Bears. Bears have no no intentions of winning that game. Then the Cowboys at the Cowboys in Dallas – you could basically call that a primetime game, even though it's set to kick off here locally at three twenty-five.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the that's, that's the, the game the Fox, yeah, yeah. oh, every, we blow it out. Yeah, every television in the country gets mm-hmm. that game. Every TV in the country mm-hmm. will be tuned into that game.
1: Now, his last
0: game, depending
1: on how that Cowboys game goes, if they win, his last game could be against the Saints on New Year's Day. Um, the Saints themselves might be out of playoff contention, so. If he does well over the next three weeks, that team could be 15-1 and and locked up the one seed and the narrative gets that much harder to, you know, break away or to, you know, dismantle, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Now, we both know who the better player is. We both know who has more responsibility to carry the offense. But – if Patrick Mahomes, to your point, has five thousand yards, he will have more yards. If he has forty touchdowns, he will have probably more touchdowns than Jalen Hurts. And the Chiefs are the one seed. Then it gets then it gets really fascinating. So I guess. Chiefs fans should root for the Cowboys (laughs) if
0: they want Patrick Mahomes to (laughs) win the Uh, MVP. That's probably what you should do. You should probably root for the Cowboys.
1: I don't think Patrick Mahomes needs to win the MVP. I don't think, like, by the way, like, most guys don't know who wins it until, like, Super Bowl week, basically, throughout the league. Oh, we know. know. Yeah, yeah. we know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how much of a motivator it will be if he doesn't, if he's not the presumptive favorite going into the postseason.
0: This is why I think it matters. I think Mahomes is at the point of his career like an NBA player. Only three things matter. Do you win MVP? Mm. Do you make the finals? Do you win the championship? Wow. That's what I, think have, I thought is. about this. I think he's in the exact same place. Oh, he in that LeBron range? I think he's in the LeBron, the Steph. The KD. I think it's that. Wow. It is at 1%. Uh-huh. Like. Right now, it's about making the Wikipedia page look <laughs> just- as impressive as possible. That's what it's about. It's about loading up the Wikipedia page. Uh huh. So, I do think winning the MVP matters. You know, Brady's got four of these, Manning's got four of these, Rogers' got multiple of these. Mm-hmm. So, I do think it matters. Now, he's 27 years old. You've got more than just this one chance to win NFL MVP. But right. it felt like after the Chargers game, you had this thing in the bag. And now it's a simple, just keep being Patrick Mahomes. Keep doing what you're doing, and you'll pick up this MVP award. And he left the door open. You throw three picks to the Broncos, and you struggle in the way that the Chiefs struggled while on the other side of the country, the Eagles are running it up on a playoff team Mm -hmm. potential. In the New York Giants, it is a momentum and narrative award. And I think the momentum is shifted in Jalen Hurts' favor. We'll see, to your point, if it can shift in Joe Burrow's favor.
1: Yeah, and I, you know... Jalen Hurts is having a great year. I don't want to make it seem like, you know, I'm not uh I'm not impressed with what we're seeing. I mean, he's got you know, um 22 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. Now, the offense is so simple for him because Miles Sanders is really effective and it helps to have AJ Brown. Um and look, you know, their their number 2 receiver, Devontae Smith is better than the Chiefs number 2 receiver, which you would say is JuJu Smith-Schuster at this point. Um yeah, I, I think more is asked of Mahomes. Uh also Mahomes takes less sacks. Um he does not make you know, up until, you know, yesterday's game, I would say that Jalen Hurts probably makes more mistakes down after down than Patrick Mahomes does. Um, but interceptions are pretty impactful. It's also wild to me that if we give Jalen Hurts a three interception game, they're probably not winning. Um uh,
0: where it's like Mahomes is like, Well, they still won. Um And that's why for me I'm kind of torn. I honestly think I would vote for Patrick Mahomes to win MVP, and I wonder how much of that is just – I live in Kansas City, and I watch the Chiefs more than I watch any other team in the league. I just look at – the Eagles haven't had a whole lot of things go wrong this year. Right. Where the Chiefs have. Juju's missed time. Nicole Hardman has missed time. They're starting running back. I know mm-hmm. – say whatever you want about Clyde Edwards-Layer. They do not have their starting running back from the beginning of the season. I think Mahomes has had to make use of – I don't want to say a bad situation, but I think the Eagles roster is more talented than Kansas city's roster is. I just think the chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. And I think that is worlds of
1: difference. Now, the funny thing is because the Eagles are so talented they don't have to have as much depth as the chiefs do Mm -hmm. from a skill position standpoint on offense. Um, You can make the point right now, the Eagles have a better offensive line and that was not the case when the season started. Most people thought the chiefs would have the best offensive line in
0: football, but I would, I would concede that to the, to the Eagles, from an individual standpoint, outside of tight end and obviously quarterback, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure who, where, the where the Chiefs are better at. Yes, but the Chiefs are better at than Philadelphia. You're just going like position group by position yeah, group. You would right. take the Eagles' offensive line. You would mm-hmm. take the Eagles' wide receivers. Mm-hmm. You would take the Eagles' corners. You would take the Eagles' defensive line. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like if we're just going like mm-hmm. grouping by grouping, I think you would take the Eagles in a tail of the tape fight against Kansas City in most of those things. Okay. Um. God, I hope these two teams fight in the Super Bowl. I hope so too. Yeah, that would, that would be great. Um You know what? I actually think you wouldn't like it just because two weeks of writing the same Andy <laughs> going up against his team storyline. I could see me talking to you on radio row like, and you're like, please get me away from this. Um, you can see Andy getting tired of it, Patrick getting tired of it. You could see by that Wednesday, the, the Kelsey it's like,
1: the Kelsey brothers storyline. Yeah, line. How, yeah. How,
0: how many times are we going to answer this New Heights podcast <laughs> question? How many times are we going to answer Andy playing his old team? Real, real quick, Joe Burrow, three thousand six hundred
1: eighty five yards, averaging almost eight yards per attempt. Twenty seven touchdown passes, nine interceptions. Interceptions kind of out of whack because he threw like four in the yeah, first the four week. One, yeah, um, and he's taking as many sacks as as a. As Jalen Hurts. Just, you know, I'm just, hey, you know, Joe Burrow's really good. Joe Burrow's having a better season than Josh Allen, and I never thought I'd say that until like a month, like two weeks ago. (laughs) Well, Josh Allen is also somewhat compromised because of the elbow. Um I just want to remind... Bills are still
0: finding a way to get it done, though. You got to give the Bills a lot of credit for yeah. that right now. Yeah, they have, a, they have a loaded roster as well. Yeah, no, Bills are still finding a way to get it done. That was an impressive win yesterday. I, every time I looked up yeah. at, the, at the top television, Mike White was on the ground in pain. Every single time. Every single time. They were messing Mike White. <coughs> <laughs> like, he kinda, went to the hospital. They were messing Mike White. Uh, oh. that, that shot he took to the ribs uh-huh. is the hardest shit, uh, shot we've seen on a quarterback in a long time. Because his body was... Like, yeah, he, yeah, he was, hardest shot we've seen on a quarterback in a long time. Patrick Mahomes has only been sacked
1: 21 times this season. I just want people to understand, like, that is, that is a astronomically nuts stat. Yeah, in 13 games is crazy. He is not, He's not even close to 30 sacks. <laughs> and that might be the biggest thing I would say as to, like, why he's the MVP. Yes, Jalen Hurts uses his legs more. It's more scheme-related. Um, obviously, we said he might have a higher level of skill position players around him, better offensive line, and yet he's been sacked 21 times in 13 games. It is... And they pass the ball more. They drop back more, Carrington, than just about any offense in the league. And he doesn't take sacks. He instead stiffs arms defensive linemen and and does Magic Jordan nonsense to the Denver Broncos. I mean, you know, so... This is going to be fun for the next four weeks because you can just basically Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, look up the stats and just sort of see, like, what is your style, what is your preference, you know, who's been in a better situation, a harder situation, who elevates their team more. Um, I just go back to the stats where he's only been sacked 21 times. It is a crazy number. And people think Orlando Brown's been worse this season than he was last season. He's been sacked less. So, you know.
0: If if you need a big play, who are you asking it from?
1: You're probably asking it for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah,
0: and you pick Patrick Mahomes over every player in the NFL, and I think that continues to arguably be one of his best points of why I should win MVP is mm-hmm. people view me as the best player in the league, and until proven otherwise, I should win NFL MVP. Coming up on the other side, I do want to talk to you about the Chiefs' run game and how they close the game out. It's the Nate Taylor Show. Keep it right here on 610 Sports Radio.
1: You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7,
0: on your official broadcast partner the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on The Nate Taylor Show, man. Now, you know what I would never do, man? I would never put another newspaper writer or writer's credentials <laughs> up against yours the way that my man Skip Bayless did to Shannon Sharp today, man. I wouldn't do you like that, man. Skip is wild, man. I never would be like, Mike Lupica! I wouldn't do you like that, man. I wouldn't do you like that. You know I wouldn't. I would, you my guy. I wouldn't do you no, like that. No, of course. Why can't you be more like Mitch Albom? I wouldn't oh, do you like that, man. That's uh... messed up. That's really messed up. Then he did my man like that. Uh, let me play the Isaiah Pacheco run here because I tweeted this right when it happened. Clyde, I was hilarious. can't do that, man. Nope. And one thing that this team needed was they just needed a little pop in the run game. And I, I think they found it. Two minutes left to go in this game in Denver. Chiefs had a 27 to nothing lead. 432 to go in the second quarter after Willie Gay Jr. picked six. But then the Broncos, a flurry, 21 unanswered points. Then they came back to answer a Chiefs touchdown to make it 34-28. That's where we stand now. Two minutes to go in the game. The Broncos are out of timeouts. If the Chiefs do not get a first down, they could run with a punt. One minute and 28 seconds off the clock. A first down would end the game for Kansas City. And still a lot of work to do, Dana. In second and ten at the Bronco, 45 and a half. And Isaiah Pacheco's the Chiefs running back. They have basically all 11 of their players inside the box. Three tight ends. Pacheco up the middle, cuts it left, 40, runs over a defender now, too. Pacheco drives! He's got a first down! He gains 11 yards to the Bronco 34-yard line! Isaiah Pacheco! So that was audio courtesy of the Chiefs Radio Network, man. Like I said, I... I think the Chiefs needed a little bit of pop in the run game. I think they found it. You remember, you and I would have conversations about the run game, and I told you, pick two of them. I don't care which two you pick. You did say but that. But you needed to simplify the run game, and they've simplified it. My biggest complaint from yesterday is, yo, where was this screen game the entire time? <laughs> <laughs> like, you remember, when, when, when yeah. you first got on the Chiefs beat, you want to know all they what did. a staple of their passing game was? Yep. That screen game. It was like they found the old Jamal Charles playbook and they were using Jarek McKinnon that way. Now, obviously, he's not going to have 100 yards every time he goes right. out there, but just some of the plays, you could tell they were designed. Hey, we know McKinnon is a great pass catcher. Let's get him in space. Yep. Let's get Trey Smith out here pushing and pulling downfield. Mm-hmm. Why can't they do that more often? <laughs> That's an extension of the run game, too. That's what they tell me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they, they consider those mostly to be running plays or – Plays that'll set up something else, you know, in the in the running game. Um, obviously it's similar to like those Jet Sweeps. But yeah, they found it. I, you know, I just remember one of our first shows this season was just saying, hey man, I you know, I'm a reporter, I've seen some things, I've talked to people, like they really believe in Isaiah Pacheco, a seventh round running back, and it has come to fruition. Um, he just checks off. More and more things as the season moves along. And, of course, you know, he got this opportunity, unfortunately, because of Clyde Edwards-Alaire's injury. But this is it. You know, moving forward, when they get in these situations, and especially now in short yardage, right, not just, hey, can you go, you know, seal the victory in the last couple minutes. It's Isaiah Pacheco, Creed Humphrey, and Trey Smith. That's it. That's the combination. I don't care how you got to get it done. If it's in the screen game, obviously involving McKinnon. But what did Marshawn Lynch always say? You run through a somebody's face. That's how they won the game. And <laughs> he ran through two dudes' face. And I That's mean they dudes, game. Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. Like, he ran through their faces. Now, hey, you may dress it up a little bit. We'll spread out the formation. Let's get a little bit of motion. But, no, it's it's right there. It's hand the ball to Pacheco. He doesn't have the most shifty of feet. But once he gets from zero to 60 behind Trey Smith, who had an excellent game, and Cree Humphrey, one of the best centers in football, perhaps the best center in the AFC – That is their recipe for getting the tough, gritty, gotta-have-it four to five yards, whether it's at the goal line, on fourth down, or in a situation yesterday where we need to get one more first down to get us through this game, to get us to the next one. Because guess what? That's going to be the situation probably, I don't know, in the divisional round, maybe in the AFC Championship, if they are the two seed. All right, well, to make sure this game doesn't get too you know stressful in the wild card round, hand the ball to Pacheco, and have him follow Trey Smith. Now, Creed Humphrey does a great job in some of these double-team, these dual sort of blocks, but I, I think the Chiefs have found something with Trey Smith as a pancaking machine, and then when rubber meets the road, Isaiah Pacheco,
0: more times than not, moves forward after contact. The big thing to me about Pacheco that I think is important, and I think it's sort of, you know, kind of like with the defense. Nobody's saying the defense needs to be the best defense in the league, but you mm-hmm. need to be able to get stops, whole teams under 27 points, that should give you enough chance to win. Yep. I don't think Isaiah Pacheco is a great back by any means. But I don't think you need him to be. I don't think that's what this offense requires. Right. We saw the Rams win the Super Bowl last year. They didn't have a great back. We've seen the Patriots do it. They've never had that great back. You need to be effective and efficient, and you need to be able to do a drive like they had at the end of the yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Hey, four-minute offense. Can we run the football here can we run the football keep the ball in bounds get first downs and run out the clock that's all you really need the run game to be yeah so I'm happy with the run game I'm not gonna say I might always be happy something could definitely happen hey they get away from it they go back to old habits but over once they made the decision to move away from Clyde over to layer and he has been removed from the passing game and the run game this is the best that their rush offense has been since Kareem Hunt
1: And he's running with just heart, just heart and effort. I mean, that's that's reminds me, yeah, a little bit of a Kareem Hunt, but obviously of of Damian Williams, right? I mean, of the 2019, like, you know, played his best at his absolute when it was necessary. But you're right. I mean, the last couple of games, Pacheco has said, this is what I can give you. You know, whether it's against the Chargers, uh, where it's over 100 yards, whether it's against the Bengals, where, hey, I'm averaging almost five yards a carry. And yesterday against the Broncos, 5.4. Everybody's got to count for Mahomes. Just run hard, man. And he does that.
0: Let me get you out of here. It is the Nate Taylor Show. We'll be back again next week to recap it very exciting. you got to throw the record out when the Chiefs go to Houston, man. It's the Nate Taylor Show.
1: You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.